Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 Livestream Podcast hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs, Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. Join us as we interview experts who share their knowledge and experience to provide actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and position yourself as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelly and Toby every Wednesday on YouTube or Facebook. And Shelly. All right. Hello and welcome to Messages and Methods. Today we have a very special guest. This is James Hipkin, and he's here to talk with us today about digital marketing and his specific hub and spoke digital marketing strategy as well. And welcome, James. Thank you very much, Shelly. I am very happy to be here, Toby, as well. Thanks for joining us today. We were really looking forward to this conversation because we felt like what you do and what you teach is actually up very much uh, in in the alley uh, way of our Encore entrepreneurs, the people who watch and listen to our program. So uh, let's get started with a little background rather than us reading your bio. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, at what point you made the transition into being an Encore entrepreneur, and, and perhaps even at what point you decided to follow up on your hub and spoke model. Let's, yeah, sure. I'd love to do that. Um, I have a long career in, in marketing and advertising. Um, this is our fourth country and third continent in the last 30 years. I've had the good fortune to be able to work with uh, high-level brands um, all over the world. Um, this has given me a, a really good perspective on, on what works and what doesn't work and uh, with real hands-on, big-budget experience with a whole lot of brands that you'd recognize. Folks like um, British Airways, First Class Cabin, um, Sprint, uh, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Visa, Apple um, worked on the team that launched the Wells Fargo on online bank. Um, I mean, we, I have a lot of, you know, practical experience. My last digital assignment was managing the digital budget uh, for Toyota in Northern California. Mm -hmm. um, and that led me to um, 10 years ago, I bought a vendor um, which was uh, allegedly my semi-retirement. Um, my wife likes to say that what part of working from eight in the morning till six at night is semi-retired. But um, I have spent my whole career helping my clients be successful. And uh, this seems like another good opportunity to do that. Um, we build large custom websites as a production studio. Um, so we're the construction general contractor working with design agencies on large corporate websites, often with six-figure budgets. Um, so, which is a kind of a roundabout way of saying we actually know what we're doing. Uh -huh. um, we've been working with the same handful of design agencies for six, seven, eight years now. So um, they keep coming back to us with more work. So that's that's a testament as well, I'm proud to say, to my team more than me. But um here we are. Um, and then a few years ago, I identified an opportunity, a need in the marketplace, smaller businesses that couldn't necessarily afford to work with us. When I hear the stories of the things that they've been through with regards to websites and digital marketing and the disasters they've experienced, the snake oil salesmen they've run into, uh, they've been st sold stuff they don't need. They've been sold the wrong things. They've paid too much for things. Um, I started using our expertise and developer downtime to build a subscription product for small businesses. Uh, we call it innately. Um, we compete with the Squarespace and Wix of the world. Um, I prefer to think of them, though, as more of my farm team in that over 60% of our current subscribers have come to us from either Wix or Squarespace. Um, what they discovered was the fashion model and the TV ad lied to them. It's really not that easy. <laughs> yeah. 
So they come to us because we're a full service proposition. Uh, we answer the phone. Um, we don't ask, hand them the keys to a Ferrari and wish them luck on the freeway. We actually do it for them. I have a team of content specialists, um, you know, mostly stay at home moms that we've trained to build websites. Um, they're all across the country and they're doing a great job for our customers and their customers love the fact that they can actually work with a real human that actually knows what they're doing. Um, so it, it's a good win-win situation. And um, that's why I'm here today is to talk about that. The hub and spoke strategy is an idea that I came up with many years ago. Um, and basically what it means is that when you think of digital marketing as disparate pieces, they're all very nice and shiny and, and, and could be very effective. But when you start thinking of them as part of a whole, that connection brings the power. So the hub of the hub and spoke strategy is the website. The spokes are the various media strategy that you pursue, whether it's email marketing or SEO or paid advertising online or even traditional advertising, it all needs to rotate back into the hub, which is the website. And then the rim is the content and messaging strategy that you've developed that holds all of the pieces together. And that's a very strategic view of digital marketing. And when I back pre pandemic, when I was doing public speaking and I was speaking to a room full of small business owners, I'd stand there literally with a hub in one hand and a handful of spokes in the other hand. And, and I'd say, you know, they're nice. They've got value, but when they really have value is when they become a wheel and I'll pick up a whole bicycle wheel. And, and that's the, that's the story. And, and light bulbs would go on when I'm talking about that. Oh, <laughs> the power of the connection. And um, so that that's the hub and spoke strategy in a, in a few sentences. Um, it's a pretty simple idea, um, but it's a profoundly powerful idea because it really maximizes the, the return on the investment that's made on each of the pieces when the pieces are connected. Uh, before Shelly goes on to your first question, uh, I uh, meant to make sure I had your website up when you were talking so I could refer to the website and I closed the window accidentally. Uh, I remember it has an I N eight. Yeah. I N N eight L Y dot com. Innately. Right. I had and our little tagline is websites without worry. So we, we've got a couple of puns going on in there. It's yeah. um, we picked I N N because like an in, we take care of you. And websites without worry, of course, is www. Right. Um, so let me share that with the uh, folks and you can tell us a little bit about it. There we go. There we are. Ah, there it is. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your website and what people can expect to find when they, when they get there. Well, it's, it's basically the information that they'd need to know in order to follow through and uh, have us work with them to give them the website that they need to, to, to help them create a hub for their digital marketing strategy. So if they're a six-figure business trying to get to seven figures and they need a professionally designed, built, hosted, and maintained website that they don't have to worry about, um, this is a, a good proposition. We make the entry points um, quite reasonably priced. Although I will say we are planning a fairly significant price increase in January. So if anyone is interested in, in exploring this, um, you know, I would suggest they reach out to me. They can uh, book a few minutes to talk to me by going to vipchatwithjames.com. And um, that's a, then they can schedule some uh, time and we can talk about what they need. But this is the sales site for Innately. Um, it's also where we have our service proposition. As you can see in the me menu items next to pricing, it says need support. Um, and that's our real reason for being in our differentiator is um, we have a, a proper full support infrastructure that's there to help our customers 
be successful with their website without having to actually worry about the website. Now, as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, the website that you build for your clients uh, either is uh, integrated, takes advantage of, or associated with a hub and spoke model. Is that correct? Well, any website can work with the hub and spoke model. The hub and spoke model is a concept that if you have a website, you need to stop thinking about it as a digital brochure and start thinking about it as the hub within your digital marketing strategy. Um, we're speaking about the hub and spoke strategy in this context. Um, hopefully people will make the connection that, oh, I guess I need to upgrade my website, in which case they'll reach out to us. We'll be happy to do that. But the idea is powerful regardless of who you're doing your website with. It's starting to think about how does the website fit in to the value proposition that you're creating for your customers and for your business rather than just being an expensive digital brochure. And uh, for those that are viewing this uh, either now or later, I have posted uh, James's website in the chat room and you can also see it in the messages and methods uh, comment below. It's HTTPS colon slash slash INN innately, INN 8LY.com. And also if you want to have a conversation with James, I've posted that in the chat as well. Uh, and you can get to James, you can leave uh, or schedule with James at VIP chat with James.com. All right. Absolutely. Shelley? Well, I'll play a little devil's advocate here. I know there are successful entrepreneurs who uh, build a business without having a website. So why is that a bad idea for encore uh, uh, entrepreneurs to go that route? That's a great question. And I, I hear this frequently, particularly from professional services businesses. Um, the opportunity that they're missing is they'll, they'll say to me, well, I don't get any leads from the website. But the opportunity they're missing is the null set. They can't see the null set. In most cases with professional services, their primary source of, of new business is word of mouth. So executive A tells executive B all about this lawyer that they're working with and, and executive B, hmm, let me check out their website to see if they're got the capabilities that I'm looking for. They're, they're the kind of organization that I want to spend time with and money with. So they'll go to the website and it will look like it was built in the 1990s or there was no website at all. And guess what? They won't call. That's the null set. That's mm. the, all the folks that you're missing because you don't have a digital presence. The other thing that people have to recognize today is, particularly with the pandemic, the shift to online has been tremendous. If you last summer when GDP numbers were coming out and sales GDP was down 20%, um, which was shocking. But if you looked inside the numbers, online sales were up over 20%. GDP would have been down a lot further if it hadn't been for that. And guess what? That genie's not going back in the bottle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, a whole generation of people have discovered the power of online. They were forced to by the pandemic and they're not going away. And so for any business, the online presence is is very, very important. Now, how you use the online presence, what tactics you pursue, et cetera, this is where the hub and spoke strategy helps a lot because you start to have a plan. One of the other things I counsel folks on frequently is don't try to boil the damned ocean. You know, pick a few things to, and do them really well. Use the website as your as your hub, the place where people can go and 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 you can send messages out from. Um, create value that goes beyond the transactional benefits of your product or service, and you'll end up with much loyal, much more loyal customers, and therefore much more valuable customers. Um, so, uh, the website, in in my humble opinion, is an integral part. The other thing that I'll hear frequently is, well, I have a Facebook page. And that's awesome, but you're on rented space. 
Facebook can and does change how they do things on a regular basis. Uh They don't consult with you on whether this is going to be good for you or not. Facebook can be a very effective spoke in the hub and spoke strategy, Uh but to have it as your primary digital face is, is a very risky proposition. Whereas the website is something you own. That's real estate that you own. You own your domain, you own your content. And whether you're leasing space on our server or leasing space on Wix or Squarespace or, you know, wherever it might be, you still own your content and you still own your domain. And that that's an important business asset that should be, it's a place where you can maximize value. Right. Yeah, we've always looked for, uh, we're, I'm going to say on a scale of one to 10, we're seven or eights when it comes to technical capabilities. So we do a lot of our own things just because that's been my background and we're very fortunate uh, to have that in my background. But we don't know a lot of folks and clients who struggle with exactly that, assuming that if they have a Facebook page, uh, they have all they need to be able to establish their hub, if you will. I'm going to mm-hmm. steal that from you and start using it to describe it. Um, but it's not enough, especially because it's Facebook, as you suggested, owns the real estate and they can not only make changes whenever they want, but they can throw advertising out there that may or may not have anything to do with your group or your uh, page. Um, and that's because it's free to you, right? There's right. what's that old line? If, if you're not paying for a product, you are the product. You're, you are the product. Yeah. Right. And that's how Facebook sees you. So, well, the other thing uh, is that Facebook and, and all of the social media platforms, uh, Clubhouse would be the exception currently, but um, even just because you have a thousand followers to your page does not mean that thousand followers is seeing your content. Right. Yeah. Five to 10% of those followers are being served your content. Facebook wants you to pay for that. Mm -hmm. And okay. Um, So it's a, it's, it's an important spoke and it's something that should be considered. Um, but the hub should be the website because that's the piece of real estate, online real estate that you can own. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, I keep trying to give this back to Shelly, but you say something that intrigues me. So you mentioned uh, Clubhouse, mm-hmm. uh, which fits into that social audio cl- category. We played around with it a little bit. Uh, couldn't figure out how to generate traction with it. We wanted to use it as a basis for generating leads, things like that. But now Spotify, who wants to be the major social audio pl- uh, player in the game, uh, has announced their version. Uh, they call it Green Room. And who was the other one that announced big uh, social audio? Was that Amazon? They have one, remember? but they're they're serving more towards the uh, this the product. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, this uh, trend towards social audio? How does it fit into your hub and spoke strategy? As long as we're on the topic, we'll get away from it after this question. But uh, potentially, it could be another spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also poking around in Clubhouse. I poke around in all of the social media strategies just because the uh, they're. I want to be familiar with them. Um, but I think the question that business owners need to ask is who's your audience uh-huh. and where is your audience? Right. Because my opinion over Clubhouse or Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or any of these channels is irrelevant. It's what does your audience use? Uh-huh. You know, I see this, uh, businesses will come to us and they've got their website and they get all hot and bothered about getting their Instagram feed connected to the website. Well, yes, we know how to do that. But then I look at them and ask them the question, your audience is all over 40. Mm -hmm. Generally, they're not on Instagram Mm -hmm. or TikTok. Why are you putting all this energy into this? Shelly and I have this particular conversation regularly. <laughs> I tend to be the like, let's do this and let's do Instagram. And let's do TikTok. And she says, encore entrepreneurs. Are they going to be there? No, yeah. they're not going to be on TikTok. So no, they're not. We, this is a regular conversation. Okay. I've, I've dominated this enough. Back to you, Shelly. <laughs> right. Tell us uh, 
maybe two or three of the top things that you would encourage people to have on their website? That's a great question. You may have seen reports in the press as studies have been done that show that the goldfish has an attention span of about nine seconds. Well, the reality is the average website visitor has a shorter web sp attention span than that. So you have about six seconds and uh, to grab their attention and draw them into what you're trying to present to them and then create a value and have them stay. If you can't do that within six seconds or less, they're gone. So that the key thing with websites and with website pages, less is more and be very focused on what your audience is looking for. So first and foremost, make sure that your web pages are loading quickly because part of that six seconds is the time it takes for the page to load. And that's a piece that people often overlook. It's also important to the Google search algorithms that page load speed is, is a ranking factor. Um, but more practically, if you only have six seconds and you're taking three of them to load the page, that's a problem. Next thing you need to do is make sure it's absolutely crystal clear that they're in the right place. This should take a millisecond for, for people to recognize the color scheme is the same as I was expecting. The logo is there. The fonts are the same. It doesn't jar me visually. I haven't gone to the wrong place. People are very nervous online. And, and if they have that feeling, they're gone. The next thing you need to do is give them a benefit-oriented reason to stay. And by that, I mean, don't talk about yourself talk about their problem. Present that problem to them. Agitate that problem. And then speak to how you solve the problem. And then give those folks an absolutely crystal clear indication of what they should do next. A clear, single-minded call to action. Then there's a couple of other things you can do once you're past that point. Um, you know, trust. I talk, uh, when I'm talking about marketing funnels, it's, it's traffic, trust, value. Some of the ways to build trust are social proof. You know, testimonials, uh, brands you've worked with, um, you know, quotes from people about your product or service. Um, those sorts of things um, are very good, you know, reasons to believe. Your features and attributes, the, the things that your product does really, really well, reasons to believe. So build trust by sharing this information. Um, and it, you do those things, you're likely to get people to stay on your pet web page, take the next step, go down the path that they're, they, they need to follow. Um, so that's, that's the other piece of all of this is understanding that your customers have a journey and, and you want to make it easy for them. Once they've gotten to the website, the website isn't about creating a brand. The website is about providing the information they need to follow their journey to the destination that creates mutual benefit, benefit to them. They've solved their problem benefit to you. You've sold a product or service. Does that make sense? It does. It makes uh, uh, great sense. And I just love hearing that. And, and towards the end of the show, we always promote uh, the idea that we would love to have other guests on the uh, program. And uh, if you're interested in being one of our guests, we introduce them to the page that they can go to where they, they can quickly understand, you know, why they would want to be our guest and what to do about it. So I'll show you at the end. I'd like your opinion. Maybe after the show, you can tell us what you think about it. So. I'd love to have your uh, opinion on the matter. So what what mistakes do you see people making? I mean, you were very clear about what you need. What mistakes do you see people making in uh, building their websites? The, the, the most common mistakes and the ones perhaps, maybe not the most common, but the ones that are most detrimental to their uh, goals and objectives. Talking about themselves. I see this over and over again you know, headlines that are generic, pablum, uh, and self-centered. Um, there's no 
no meat there. There's no reason why a visitor should take another step. Um, one of the questions we often ask fo with folks is, what's the primary objective of the website? And then we'll get a litany of answers. And then we'll talk about the movie Highlander and how there can only be one. And we'll get them to narrow in on the primary objective. Most business-to-business -business websites, their objective tends to fall into one of two buckets. Either conversion, which is the one most commonly thought of, I need to generate leads. But there's another one, and we touched on it earlier, particularly with professional services folks, and I call it confirmation. And that's as legitimate an objective as conversion is. If that is, in fact, the journey that your customers are on, they need confirmation. They need to understand or have a relationship with you, have some trust with you before they take the next step. Then that confirmation objective is really important. None of this is about talking about yourself. And this is always about talking about how you're solving your best customers' problems. That's a very common mistake. The other co very common mistake is putting too much information onto the homepage. The purpose of the homepage is to draw people in and have them take the next step. If you can get them to take the next step, your chances of turning them into a customer have increased by an order of magnitude. But if they don't take that next step, if they hit the homepage and bounce, um, they're gone. They're not coming back. And you want to make sure that they come back. And then the third thing that I suggested, and this is an old idea. There's been books written about this. And this ties in tightly with don't put too much information on the homepage and that structure I was describing for before. Don't make them think. Make it very natural and intuitive and easy to suss out what they need to do. Um, one of the common mistakes I see is, you know, six, seven, eight things in the primary navigation. Way too much thinking. Uh -huh. Three to four. Ideally three, you can, four is okay. But if you have more than four things in your primary navigation, you're losing people. Because you're forcing them to try to look at all this information. Hmm, I wonder where I should go next. You should understand what their journey is and then make that path very clear to them so that they can take it. You can get them to click that, take that first click into your website. And then as they go deeper in the website is you have a bigger opportunity to provide more content. The content will be more focused on, on where they are in their journey. Um, and therefore, they're more willing to absorb larger quantities of content. But when I see all this content on a homepage, that's uh, a, it's a common mistake. And I, it, it makes a big difference. If you start thinking about it in terms of the customer journey. So I do uh, want to point out as I was going through uh, James's uh, website, I did notice that uh, one of the pages uh, that he shows and he pretty much apply, uh, uh, sticks to the rules that he just stated for you. I'm going to open this up again, James, just so I can talk about it a little bit. James uh, has a blog on his website, and you can see he's used his four items rule uh, up there. Uh, but one of them is a blog. And when I went to the blog, I found it very informative, very easy to get through. Uh, James has a lot of information on there. And if you go to page four of the blog, you'll see that he describes using the hub and spoke marketing uh, process. So if you want to learn more about what James thinks when it comes to these various strategies, you can find it in the blog. And I strongly, I've read probably six or seven of the articles. I don't know why I'm looking over there. I've read probably six or seven of the articles and I find them all very uh, informative. And James is very good at uh, sharing his uh, knowledge uh, and very open with it. So thank you for that, James. I, like I said, I found it very informative. So. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad you got value from it. I did. I absolutely did. Shelly, back to you. All right. Uh, so you mentioned traffic is number one uh, before traffic trust and, and so on. So let's talk about that traffic. How are we getting traffic to visit our website? Traffic. 
again, it, it comes back to understanding your best customers. And I'll answer your question in just a little bit, but let's talk about best customers first. It's an important distinction. I'm not just saying customers, I'm saying best customers. And by extension, best prospects. Best customers are the customers and every company has them. The 20% of customers that generate 80% of sales. Mm -hmm. They're going to be heavy category users. They have a strong need for your product or service. Their perspective on the marketplace, their perspective on the products and services you offer is going to be distinct as compared to the majority of customers who might occasionally have a need and occasionally purchase. That distinction is very important. If you create content and distribute content that's focused on those best customers, you're much more likely to drive high quality traffic into the top of your funnel or back to your website. And that high quality traffic is more likely to value your proposition and will ultimately become much better customers for you. If you can, if your ratio of heavy category users to regular users is higher than that 20%, say 30 or 35% of your customer base are heavy users, even with the exact same number of customers as the guy down the street, you're going to have 25 to 30%, 40% higher sales. Same number of customers. So understanding that distinction around who the best customers are. Now, once you understand who your best customers are and you're creating content or you're generating advertising to those customers, and it's the same model that I just described, Describe the problem, agitate the problem, talk to the benefit, make it clear what they should do next. That model extends all the way out into advertising, into social media, et cetera. Um, now, it's also about creating trust and make, being trustworthy. Um, this is where I'll, I'll talk about microtransactions and creating opportunities for folks to interact with you, um, you know, low cost, you know, taking two minutes to actually watch a video in a Facebook ad. That's a microtransaction. And that says an awful lot about the, who this person is. They haven't clicked on anything. They haven't changed any, no money's changed hands but it's a microtransaction that increases their relationship with you. As the, they go deeper into the funnel, the, the richness of the microtransactions will increase. Things like uh, sharing a blog post or sharing a Facebook post or liking a Facebook post down to getting to the website and providing an email address for a lead magnet um, to get on your mailing list. These microtransactions you know, increase the relationship and increase the trust factor and ultimately generate higher quality customers. So traffic, you can use traditional Facebook advertising, Instagram, whatever channel makes the most sense for your audience. Just be sure that when they're, you get them engaged with you, you have a plan to follow up with them. And that's where email marketing becomes very important and, and, and very significant. Um, you know, there's no magic formula for how to generate traffic, um, but the it's not going to come just because you've got a website there. You have to actually work at it. So help our audience understand, you know, we in the marketing field uh, throw out a lot of terms, especially as our um, our discipline evolves. Help people understand the differences between a digital marketing strategy, a content marketing strategy, and how the hub and spoke model fits in th th between the two. Yeah, the, the hub and spoke model is a is a idea, it's a strategy. So the executional channels that you might use conferences, let's talk about, um, you know, that again, you're generating leads and you want to build relationship through microtransactions you know, that can be done to a degree in the, in the conference. Um, but where do you, 
where does the your value proposition manifest itself? Online, it manifests itself in the uh, on the website. And I have this conversation frequently with with retail, brick and mortar, um, you know, and it's a hard thing for them to put their head around. Um, but I'll, I'll, I try to show them how it used to be that your retail location was your hub. But as people are shifting online and the online channels are becoming more integral part of day-to-day -day life, um, that's less and less true. You know, they may go to these, your retail location to pick something up, but they've probably been to your website ahead of time to understand where you're located, you know, understand whether you're, what your hours are. Um, so many situations where they're going to that website. Um, uh, one of our customers is a brew pub. Um, and with, with pubs and restaurants and that sort of thing, uh, the website is people go there all the time, check hours. Are they still open? What have they got on tap these days, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, the owner of the brew pub says, I, I, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have the website for a place for my audience to congregate outside of the physical location. And that's a good example of, of how you're drawing people into the hub. If you're using conferences as your way to generate traffic back to the website, awesome. Um, but it, to make that conference event have a long time value, you have to have that connection with folks and the website is where, where that can be done and then connected into email systems where that you can then send your messaging back out again and you get that oscillation effect. Um, and you, your consistent messaging and content strategy, that's the rim, whether that content is delivered in a conference or it's delivered in, in organic uh, blog posts or Facebook ads or however it's being delivered. Um, it needs to oscillate back and forth to the website. Shelly, back to you. Okay. Uh, so what is the number one thing if somebody is just starting a business online, they've just decided to shift into uh, the retirement, uh, their encore entrepreneurs, and um, they're just getting started with their business. What are the top things that they're going to need to get into place? Well, I think the first thing they want to do is and I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but it's, uh, I'm very passionate about it. And it's because it's very important. Understand who these, who their customers are. Do a customer avatar. I don't know if you've spoken about customer avatars in, in, in other episodes, but I'll, I'll quickly describe what it is. It's a, a four, four block um, grid. Um, the upper left-hand corner, you describe the demographics of your best customer. The upper right-hand corner, you describe the psychographics of your customer, who, what they value, their attitudes, their personality, that sort of thing. Lower left-hand quadrant is where you describe their pain. What is it that they're struggling with? What is the problem that they're trying to solve? And then the lower right-hand quadrant is the gain. What can they gain when they work with you, uh, purchase your product, your service, et cetera? That customer avatar is a very powerful thing um, and really can help an entrepreneur begin to, to, you know, craft their messaging so that they're um, actually appealing to the audience. The next thing is, and I touched on this before, don't try to boil the ocean. Um, pick a couple of things, do them well, do them consistently. Um, and build that gradually, you know, marketing is a long, long-term game. Um, you know, they like to say in, in niches, there are riches. Um, so being focused is very important and then build your list, build your list. Your email list is so, so important. I know it's old. Email has been around a long time, although I'm old enough to remember when email didn't exist, but <laughs> I'm sure nobody else on this call can say that, but yeah, there, I, I don't remember that far back. Uh, <laughs> um, build your list. Uh, whatever your list is, work on it, build it, you know, get people onto that list. So much of, of marketing is timing 
and your customers may be valid potential customers. They just don't have a need at this moment. Your email list is a great way for you to remind them that you exist. Even if they don't open the email, they're still seeing the subject line and preview text. It's still uh -huh. reminding them that you exist. And when, I mean, I get folks reach out to me, you know, I haven't spoken to in two years, but I've been e sending them out regular email and they will comment. Yeah, I get your emails regularly and it uh -huh. reminds me and I always know where I can turn. So you're, you're, there are riches in your list and you want to have that list. And it's a very low cost, very effective channel to start with. Um, and then start exploring some of the other channels. Social media can be very effective, particularly when it's focused on, um, on where the audience is. I have a customer who's an e-commerce situation. Um, he sells a very specific kind of orchid, not houseplants, not orchids in general, a very specific kind of orchid. And I had this hub and spoke conversation with him when he first came across to our platform. And so I said, he said, well, I'm trying to do this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, stop doing all those things. You just need to pick a couple things and do them well. So he has picked his email list and his organic social media presence. Now he has built his organic social media. He'll get upwards to a thousand interactions on a post in it through organic social media, which is exceptionally good. Um, his audience is very engaged. He's worked very hard and he and his wife, that's all they focus on is those two channels. They doubled their sales the first year they were with us and they have doubled their sales almost every year since then. They're doing Hashtag. extremely well. And they're That's still funny. only using two channels. Organic mm -hmm. social media. Occasionally we'll do some paid Facebook ads for them. Um, you know, when he's when he's presenting, he's going to a show someplace in a, like Fort Lauderdale or, or uh, uh, Ventura County or someplace like that. Uh, we'll do Facebook advertising in the general vicinity to generate awareness that he's at this, this event. Um, his typical return on a few hundred dollars in Facebook ads is several thousand dollars in sales. Wow. And so it's, it, it's a very effective strategy when it's, when it's executed um, consistently. Um, I have an Instagram account, personal Instagram account, and every once in a while I'll take a picture of a flower and every once in a while that flower is an orchid and I'll hashtag orchid that goes to my Facebook page. That photograph gets more response than the dozens mm -hmm. of other photographs. It's a very tight uh, and very highly interested community of people. So I can right. see uh, once he spreads out his social media uh, to yep. his social media and focuses uh, on, I, I like the idea that that you feel like we do that email your email list is one of your most important assets. People don't may not recall I do uh, like James does. Um, Shelley, having been just a baby at this time, wouldn't recall <laughs> that. But uh, email was the first digital variation of marketing. Uh, after, you know, when people started realizing that there was digital marketing opportunities and they weren't going to print, for example, or television mm -hmm. or uh, broadcast. And so email was the first and it, and it rose and then it took some hits uh, just because of people were playing games with it that they shouldn't have been playing. I remember people mm -hmm. buying lists from, you know, cities and counties, that kind of thing. Um, but then uh, after it went through that period, starting around, I'm going to say 2011, 2012, it started It started the platforms that uh, offer it, some of them as a free service uh, for their smaller lists, started using it in a way that was in line with what people's expectations were, in line with the spam law, um, and it became an important part of a strong digital marketing strategy. We have an email list that we like you, James, send out a newsletter uh, every week. And we're very proud of that uh, email list and it's very useful for us. It, it allows us to consistently spread our message and support 
whatever our branding is at that uh, at that moment in time, because we've had to make a transition here in the past couple of years, and it's worked for us to help make that transition. Absolutely. I mean, it. I, I have an acquaintance that he and his wife live on a in a tiny cottage at the end of a lane in the middle of Vancouver Island. Uh, oh wow. He's a, a developer and um, an expert in in digital marketing. He, but he has a list. He has a list of over thirty thousand people. Wow! And he's generating from his little cottage at the end of a lane in the middle of Vancouver Island, um, seven figures in annual income through the courses he sells and the products he sells. And he's written a few books and he, he does podcasts. Um, and he, he said, the list is gold because I, I know that I can use it to test products. I can use it to, to promote products when I, when I, people get passionate about the things that I'm doing and then they tell their friends about it. Um, but that it's such a cost effective channel for them. Um, so it's, it's, it hasn't gone away. And if anything, it's become even more important because, um, there's so much noise in social media that uh, that one-to-one -one connection that can be generated with email. And if you put value into the email, if your emails are something that people are looking forward to because you're, you're always sharing valuable information that's useful to them, back to the customer again, understanding the customer avatar, they will open the email. I, I regularly get 35, 40% open rates on, on customer emails. Um, because we're, we take the, have you, have you heard of the, the 70, 20, 10 rule? I haven't. It, it's a, uh, was first told to me by somebody I respect highly in the social media space. Um, 70% of your content should be focused on value creation 20% of your content should be curated content from other resources that's focused on value creation. And then 10% of your content is sales. And I counsel folks to take the same ratio, put the same ratio into their emails. When you're sending emails out to customers, 70% of it should be about you know, things that you're doing. That's why I'm very, my blog, thank you for calling it out, but that's why I put so much energy into it is it's my vehicle to create that value that I can then repurpose into emails, repurpose into social media, repurpose hub spokes messaging. You know, I'm a bit of a one trick pony, but <laughs> no, it, it's a trick that works. Focus on that's right. Uh, what works yeah. Uh, for you and what works for your uh, for your clients. Um, I was going to ask if there was any place that James would like to send any members of our any audience members or listeners uh, to a place where they can reach out to him. Is uh, is uh, what do you call? Do you have a name for? Uh, call to action. Oh, yeah, lead magnet. Call call to, call to action. action. They're all the same. <laughs> Well, if, if, if people have enjoyed what I've had to say and think that I can bring value to their business, uh, VIPchatwithjames.com uh, will redirect to my Calendly link and give you a chance to, to book a time with us. If you're really interested in the hub and spoke strategy, I actually wrote a book about it. Um, and you can download the ebook at hubandspoke.marketing. That's hubandspoke.marketing. Um, and there you will get a chance. You can download the ebook. I, I wrote the ebook in a, a slightly non-traditional way. I didn't write it as an explanatory book. Um, uh, it's written as, as a novel. And it's the story of John, small business owner, and how he was struggling with getting his small business to the next level and how he was introduced to the hub and spoke strategy and how he embraced the strategy. Um, and okay. then, um, you know, so it's, it's written as a, as a kind of a short story novel type thing. So it's a little easier to read than a dry tomb on, on digital strategy and blah, blah, blah. Yes. You know, <laughs> we, we have to have some fun too. So I'm going to put that uh, in the chat room and then we'll go to the website real quick. Hang on. 
I've been spoke about marketing. Not marketing. Go ahead, Charlotte, while I'm doing this. All right. Uh, I would just uh, ask if there's anything else that you would like to offer the audience as a takeaway or anything that we didn't touch on today that you wanted to make sure to bring up before the end of the conversation. Well, I, I just to highlight a couple of the points that, that we've made throughout. Um, you know, they bear and warrant repeating, understand your customers. It, it begins and ends there. Understand what their struggles are, what the problems are they're trying to solve um, and, and present solutions to those problems. And if you do that, they will engage with you. You will break through the noise. It will be refreshing. Um, you know, don't try to boil the ocean. Pick a few things. There's so many shiny new things. Oh my God, squirrel ran through. Um, you know, pick a few things again, that your audience understands. Um, Toby, I loved what you said about the orchids and the flowers and et cetera, which is why my customer, you know, picked the channels he picked because he knew his audience. He knew where they were. Um, so pick a few channels, do them very well. Your list is very important. Um, and, and stop thinking of your website as a, a digital brochure and start thinking of it as the hub of your online presence, the hub of your digital marketing strategy, the place where your customers can receive value beyond the transactional and functional benefits of your product or service, and where you can ultimately receive value as well through loyal um, customers who buy from you over and over again. Um, so I just want to highlight those few points. Um, they're really key uh, to success in this world and success in business. Hi, I have to agree. I think uh, Toby and I have started many different businesses or, uh, you know, just little ventures. Ventures. Yeah, that's a good word for it. That have failed. And uh, it wasn't until we said, okay, who's already coming to us? What are they asking us for? And, and how can we focus on those people and, and just expand in that in that realm. And that's when we, you know, got into our audience, our avatar, who is responding to us the best and what the problem was that we could uniquely solve. And once we had that figured out, that's when finally uh, things started to click for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was, what was funny is that we had built up this market uh, with, a, with our uh, digital media that was very comfortable for us. And then literally, for lack of a better way to describe it, the bottom fell out of that market. <laughs> and so we were stuck with what do we do next? And so we had the opportunity, it was a good experience for us because we had an opportunity to try a lot of different things that would kind of work, but never to the extent that we had previously. And uh, certainly not with not generating any kind of income or revenue. And then Shelly was the one that really came to it. She had gone to a webinar of some sort and said, who are we selling to? Who, who do we want to sell to? And who's coming to us to buy from us? And um, that's that was a decision, I think, based on, on what she had learned that gave us the ability to start focusing on what A, we wanted to do, B, what would draw customers in, and C, what kind of made us you know, happy. I mean, I don't, I don't mean that we were unhappy, but it, it satisfied our need for not only communicating with people, but serving them as well. And that's what was kind of neat about it. I think that's really good advice that you're giving here, guys. So uh, before I go on, I do want to show you guys a couple of websites. One is the website that uh, is in the uh, uh, chat box uh, and also on the screen hub and spoke marketing that's james site by the way uh you Not should know pardon me hub and spoke marketing is his book oh i'm sorry well that's yeah hub and spoke dot marketing gets you to this this site oh i see okay. that's it's one of the pages on his site which is what he advised us to do there you go simply um but here's a good point James is going to use that opportunity, that call to action, uh, they, to get that ebook. You've got to give him your name and your email address, and then you're going to get a message with the ebook and one that says, "By the way, I've added you to my email, or the equivalent of my email list." So uh, James not only advises you to do this, but he takes his own advice and implements it himself in this uh, in this particular call to action. So 
very nicely done. For those of you that are listening to the podcast rather than seeing the, sh the show and looking at the chat, uh, I will include all of these links in the description box for the uh, podcast as well so you guys can have uh, access to them. And again, what's, what's great about this to me is it's the design is consistent and in line with what uh, the image that uh, James is trying to present to his audience. So very nicely done, James. There's another subtlety there, if I may, that, that people often miss. Notice there's no navigation. Right. I've, I've used a landing page template that, mm -hmm. we've, that allows us to suppress the navigation. And this means that the decision is bifurcated. Mm -hmm. They're either going to take action or they're going to leave. Right. And right. that simplifies and, and falls into the comment I was making before about don't make them think. Make it really easy. They just have to decide one thing. They don't have to figure out, well, maybe I'm going to do this. No, no, maybe I'm going to do, no, no, no. Make it bifurcated. Mm -hmm. They can sign up or not, but that's and, it. And considering what you who are viewing this or listening to this have learned so far from James, it would be worth your while uh, to go there and download uh, this ebook that James makes available to you. All right, Shelly. Well, that's all the questions that we have for today. Uh, but we do want to thank you for being here with us today to help our audience understand uh, the best use of their website and uh, digital marketing and employing the Hub and Spoke uh, digital marketing strategy in their business. And uh, we do hope that they will look at your website for inspiration and possibly even connecting with you to help them with their own website. It's been an absolute pleasure, Shelley and Toby. I, I, I really do appreciate it. And uh, it, it, I've enjoyed the conversation immensely. As, as have we. We're grateful for you uh, having joined us today. So I'd like to take this opportunity for those of you uh, who would like to appear on our program and uh, be as open and informative as James has been today. Uh, go to the website that you see on the link there um, on the page and in the uh, chat box, journey.messagesandmethods.com. And there you will find instructions on how to uh, become one of our guests in three short videos that Shelly has prepared for you, as well as uh, just some quick answers to questions and releases and things like that. But it's Shelly has made it very easier uh, for you to join us as guests. And we look forward to having you. We will schedule, after all this uh, happens, one of the things that you'll do is you'll schedule the date that you'd like to be on. I should tell you, we are filled all the way through the end of the year, um, and we've opened up our calendar for the beginning of next year. Uh, so it would be on a Wednesday starting in January. I think it was Wednesday, January mm. 5th, 6th, something <laughs> like that. So yeah, take advantage of that and uh, and uh, uh, join us on our program. For or if you are on Podmatch, uh, like James and we are, then we can meet up there as well. Right. And we appreciate Podmatch as a platform where we can meet uh, guests and we can offer our services to be a guest as well. So James, let me uh, take this opportunity to thank you first for getting in touch with us on Podmatch uh, and offering to join us on our program. Uh, after reading your bio, we felt like it would be a very informative uh, program uh, and you're very free with your knowledge and we appreciate that. I'm sure that our audience does as well. And I just wanna say thank you for joining us today. Shelley? That's all we have. All right, so we yeah. will see you thank you both. next week. Next week. We'll be back next week. Right. The only the only week we're taking off uh, is the week between Christmas and New Year's. But we will see you next week. And I, I know we have one of the guests from the She Podcast interviews. I think uh, it's Nerissa. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. Oh, she was an interesting. She's from, uh, she's Canadian. Uh, and she's uh, first, Nations. first Nations Canadian with this amazing story. As I said, I had the the benefit of getting to listen to them while Shelley had the conversations with each of these uh, women that were attending the uh, She Podcast Conference in uh, Scottsdale in October. So please join us for that. Uh, there's much to be learned from her as well. Again, James, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to continuing the conversation with you in some way or the other. I would love to. Have a good day. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 hosted by Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. 
Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices, too. Check the show notes for links and resources and please come back again next week.